Okay, everybody, I do believe we are live. Welcome to another episode of the Break the Rules live stream. We are here with Curtis Yarvin, Vladislav uh, Davidson of the Atlanta Council, Tablet Magazine, and we are here at a very special time. There was a recent coup attempt. The coup failed. We're going to go right into it. And, of course, before we start, make sure to smash that subscribe button, smash the like button, hit the bell. It's very important for growth. And also be sure to subscribe to the uh, levpo.substack.com, the Lev's Lens Substack. I've been doing a lot of great things there. I'm not just saying that because I am me. I'm saying that because I'm guaranteeing you guys are going to enjoy the literature that I'm coming out with. And patreon.com slash break the rules. Become a patron today and you are going to get the beautiful Magnus that you see on the screen right in front of you anyway let us start with uh vladislav davidson what do you make of what's uh, been going on thank you lev my man uh great to be back on great to be on with uh, uh the epic and extraordinarily bright and very fun mr curtis uh who is not a bug of any kind let alone a no, moldy one not at all not at all not at all by the way, how's my sound? Because last time I was on, uh, I had some technical issues. We're better? This is good. This is good. good. You sound loud and clear. Great. So let's, uh, let's before we go off into tangents, let's, let's just uh, go back and, and figure out what happened. There was a, as lots of people know, political war between this gentleman, Prigozhin, who is from St. Petersburg and is a bit of a mobster, like like that other gentleman in the Kremlin, Putin. Uh, although uh, Stefan Kotkin, the historian, just wrote an interesting piece saying that he's actually more educated and he's from the intelligentsia, as opposed to Putin, who's from a lower class family. He is, as everyone knows, the head of Wagner mercenary group, the PMC, and he has been sledgehammering people to death for uh, uh, being traitors. He was in an active conflict with the head of the Russian defense ministry, Shoigu, and the Russian chief of staff, Gerasimov, of the pseudo-doctrine fame. And at this point, with the Battle of Bakhmut more or less over, and Wagner having achieved that after nine or ten months, or, or not achieved it, whatever you want to say, the Wagner group was of no longer of so much interest or use to the uh, Russian presidential administration. And after procrastinating for a very long time, which is one of the hallmarks of his politics and psychology, Putin took belatedly the side of his defense minister Shoigu in this personal and very personal uh, conflagration between, between the two men. So uh, for a long time, Prigozhin had gotten away with saying really nasty things in public about the commander uh, of the troops, not the commander-in-chief, which is Gerasimov, and of the defense minister, being outside of the, the direct chain of command. So finally, Putin sided with with the defense ministry, and he said, uh, well, didn't say he just stopped picking up the phone when, when Prigozhin would call him, basically ghosted him. And Shoigu, on the 10th of June, delivered a speech saying that all the PMCs in the country would be folded into the chain of command and that all the Russian mercenaries had until the 1st of July to sign normal army contracts and to be folded into the Russian army. So Wagner, which has very bad relationship with, with the Russian army, was also its logistical hub. They cannot function outside of the Russian army because they don't have their own factories and their own air force and their own uh, shells. 
they were getting to continuous arguments and fights with industry. And ultimately, Shogu was going to neuter them and subjugate them to the direct chain of command. So it was obvious that he had a week left. This was a desperate move. This was a gamble, but it was a desperate gamble with bad timing and uh, not a great hand of cards. Let's start with that. Well, <clears throat> thank you, Vlad. Uh, I guess uh, you're obviously much more knowledgeable about the internals of the coup than I am. But, um, you know, there's there's a couple of things that I heard that might put it into perspective. Um, sorry, my voice is a little hoist, hoarse. I just had my 50th birthday party. And the... Happy birthday. Happy birthday, thank Curtis. You. And that means that your voice is a pony, but let's continue. There you go. All right. So so uh, my friend Sama Burya um, called this um, Russia's January 6th. Yeah, well, I know it's. I mean, this is, much, this is much more. This is much more serious. That was a farce. Of course, it's, of course, it's I mean, much more I mean, serious. Of course, that was, that was you know the, the great, the great things. Sama was telling me the, the great thing about his um, about saying that is that it's this really wonderful nomic statement that can be interpreted in several ways depending on your opinion of Russia and or January sixth. Right. But uh, the uh, the other thing, another friend of mine who was at the party, who's a who is a Russia guy, he spent some time in Petersburg, and you know is is almost completely perfectly fluent in Russian, and uh, he he told me something that really sums 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 the story up, which is he said uh, Russian history is a Coen Brothers film, and like this this affair of Wagner, you know, I realize it's sort of it, I I think it probably becomes more intelligible as you come closer to it. It, you know, it does, you know, <clears throat> I mean, the whole Wagner experience is really not without its comic overtones, you know, oh, sure. and, yeah, but also, and, quite, and also quite tragic in many ways. Disgusting also quite tragic in many ways, yeah. also quite tragic in many ways. And, you know, as, as is life, I mean, it's sort of, you know, I, I feel like uh, Russia that, you know, one of the reasons of sort of pro-Russian is that Russia is sort of alive in this way and that you just like never know what will happen. I mean, Prigozhin's coup could obviously not succeed, but there's still, you know, first of all, they're kind of winning at the moment. And secondly, you know, and I was, you know, everybody likes a winner, right? And, but there's also this sense of just like wild and crazy stuff, like stuff straight out of like Byzantine history can, can happen, you know, in Russia to this day. And, you know, that, that fills me with hope, basically. Well, I'm a Russian Ukrainian also. I mean, I, I, uh, I prefer the, I, I psychologically, emotionally prefer the messiness of my, of my ancestral lands to the, pristine prim. i thought you were i thought i wait i thought i thought you were a jew oh, thanks yeah thank you as <laughs> by the way as, as is Prigozhin. as this is by the way, as, as is Prigozhin. As is, is he a full his, jew or is, is he a full jew or is he a, not mother is he he's, he's a mish like me he's a mish like me yeah his father That's jew exactly. and stepfather was a jew and he comes out of a deeply jewish st petersburg intelligentsia yeah. back then oddly <laughs> yeah. for uh yeah. Like a guy who yeah. comes out of a gulag in the Russian prisons, he's kind of weirdly Jewish intelligentsia in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I like completely. I mean, the, you know, the mating. Obviously, the mating of Jews and crime in America was a long time ago, but Jews, Jews make great criminals. And you know, the Michling, you know, sort of half elven kind of race is really stronger than both, both sides, in my opinion. And um, 
So, so you know, I've always are you, are you, had a are lot you, of respect. Are you for... saying? Are you saying that Prigozhin is smart like Jew and strong like Russian? Something like that. Something like that. But he's not quite smart or strong enough, or he'd be uh, he'd be at the head of the Russian state today. You know, um, of this uh, look, he had, a, he had a bad hand of cards. Uh, I have to tell you. Yeah, I mean, he exactly. that they that they got as as far towards the Kremlin as they did was kind of remarkable. And a testament mm -hmm. to the fact that whole divisions of the Russian army didn't want to fight them and that the state was incoherent. I mean, he made a really bad bet, but he was half right that the state yeah. was hollowed out, that it was. It, it, was it, there it, shooting? How much how much actual shooting was there? On, it's a great on, question. The great... There yeah. was some shooting. I mean, we know for a fact that it, half a dozen elite Russian pilots were killed. And no mm -hmm. one's going to answer for that, by the way. Everyone got amnesty. That's really, really like you could nice. just take your you could take your shot at Putin, and if you have enough force and you get close enough, you'll get amnesty, and no one goes to prison. Wagner, Wagner is Wagner is the best unit in the Russian army. I mean, like you know, clearly, right? And I like... don't know if it's the best, but it's uh, it's very serious. And I mean, the the VDF and the and the Russian special forces were decimated in Ukraine. And there are other elite units, but these guys are really good. They, they have high-level cohesion. It's a lot of former uh, Special Forces mercenary guys who have high corps d'esprit. Um, they don't drink. Uh, uh, you know, they get they get executed for drinking and all that. They wow. uh, love each other and they hate the they hate the Russian high command. And I think the the, the a lot of these guys are going to be really pissed off that they went all in on going after a feckless and corrupt high command they're totally right about well that. Uh, yeah i mean you know it's of course reminiscent of <clears throat> you know um and and you know perhaps even the same songs were sung you know the french uh paratroopers revolt in in 61 you know yeah. the one where they they drive back to their barracks uh, you know and they were singing, singing no, yeah. that's uh, exactly know, right that's yeah, exactly you know, and, 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 yeah. and so you know these are the uh, you know the, the, these these are the centurions you know these people would recognize you know the Wagner troops as like brothers right you know Absolutely. and and the same the same professionalism the same like you know really fighters at the top of their game right you know I think that Wagner you know probably the equipment is a little bit inferior but the experience is greater. Going going up against actual like NATO special forces would probably render a credible account of themselves. Uh yeah, I th I think that's probably sadly true. Uh, and not probably not against the American special forces, but certainly against a lot of them. Yeah, I think that I think they're extremely good at what they do, which is killing. And also, uh, I was just writing an article about this, uh, which is going to be published tomorrow on Tablet. They actually did carry out a couple of coups in in uh, uh, in. Uh, African states. You can tell me what you think Incredibly of the sentence. Incredibly. In... Yeah, Go ahead. You could, you, could you could tell me what you think of the sentence. Uh, Prigozhin's Wagner mercenaries had already carried out several coups in African countries, and in a karmically delightful turn of events, the methods that the Russian state had exported to Africa and Ukraine were now being reintroduced back into the homeland. Uh, sure. Well, I mean, introduced. I mean, my God, you know, Russian history. I mean, introduced it's sort of it's just it's kind of beautiful to see you know even if sort of like its own way january 6th is like the last gasp of a certain kind of politics 
which was the kind of you know not politics but really political tactics that right. that made the the u.s independent uh you know and it's this sort of history repeating as farce kind of affair and then we see the same thing with except you know, it's not farce in, way, in russia except yeah, it's not it's farce not farce it's, it's still, not farce yeah. it's yeah it's it's uh, not farce in russia you know but it's still you know you feel that that sort of event is kind of toward the like the tail of its possibility in a way i mean the fact that they even like fought and like shot down helicopters is pretty amazing and well, no, and, one, no and one shot that's... at them for a long time it's amazing they were yeah. they were uh billeted in garrison right next to the rostov mm -hmm. command they actually took over the command of the russian sovereign army which is where the russians mm -hmm. fight the ukraine war from they actually took command of wow a city of, of a the million headquarters people, of the headquarters yeah. of the russian sovereign command and of the russian war in ukraine and they were like they were interrogating these deputy defense ministers and, and generals and stuff live on the thing it's utterly amazing right i mean like, live on live on wait, wait, wait what media what media did they produce when, when interrogating these generals tell uh, like, telegram it's on telegram channels yeah. i mean it, there was a, it, these were it. conversations with prigozhin it was really unpleasant right. and really interesting conversations where prigozhin comes in and just why have you been fucking all this up basically yeah and, yeah 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 it was like that he's just, and he's he's just ripping them a new asshole essentially you yeah, know but the, and but the, the generals are like yeah we kind of they kind of admitted that they hated the high command like they were like you know, it was kind of... yeah but one, one yeah. of the things and, that uh Prigozhin pointed out take it as you will is that the entire justification for uh the war in ukraine is absolutely well, bogus Yes. Pointed out, okay. Pointed out is is a strong like you know uh, point there. I mean you know, like like to say suddenly you know there's there there's you know the great meme with the guy with two girls where he's like turning his uh, his shoulder you know over to the other girl and you know the speed with which the Western intelligentsia fell in love with the Wagner group, uh, you know, is really, is, is kind of unprecedented. And so, you know, to basically say, you know, Wagner, Prigozhin says this, or Prigozhin says that, and, and to regard it as like, no, Curtis, Curtis, okay, you're, and, you're, and, you're and right. admission against interest is going a little, a little too far for me. Curtis, you're, I'm you're, just... you're a bit, you're a bit right and a bit wrong. Uh, obviously Wagner had been built up by Russian propaganda for, for a year and a half as these great Russian heroes fighting against, uh, uh, you know, against uh, the Ukrainian Nazis. And, you know, Prigozhin had a habit, a bad habit of saying things which were unpleasantly true on social media and Telegram channels. And he did channel a lot of the frustration and rage of the ordinary sure. normie Russian against the, like, the feckless, corrupt, stupid, vulgar high command, which were just throwing him at Ukrainian defenses, right? And so when he stands up and he says right before you know putting his boys and himself on the line in like a a stupid coup but a coup nonetheless yeah look there are a hundred thousand dead this entire thing has been mismanaged the generals are enriching themselves and also there are no neo-nazis all these russians who've been looking at wagner recruitment posters in every city in russia they're like oh well okay that's you know that's yeah the... yeah see i mean you know the thing the thing is uh I, like this whole conflict is just such an illustration of the classic saying that russia is never as strong as she looks and russia is never as weak as she looks right and 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 you know and one of the sort of 
sources of weakness in any kind of modern state is any kind of falsehood or untruth yeah. which you have to build your thing around so you know there's uh there's an excellent case for um you know um russia defending itself against the ukraine but the case that the ukraine is basically the third reich 2.0 is not a great case actually you know it's funny because i, I read somewhere maybe we discussed this last time you know yeah. some of these azov uh you know guys someone comes and says hey you're um have you noticed uh you're wearing the black sun but you're fighting for george soros and you know this guy's yeah like yeah we know but here's the thing <clears throat> we're using him you know it's also a question of the amount president. because what? There but, was but a... that is actually true but go on Sorry. Well, we, well, we have the neo-Nazis in the United States, too, so it's a question of how much is an amount of those people something that ends up becoming a representation of the whole. So, Vlad, I'm curious. Well, like, you know, yeah. you know, I think I think there's a reasonable case to be made, for example, that Zelensky or what how did you say Zelensky, something like that. Uh, Zelensky was 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 elected, uh, you know, as the moderate candidate. In that election, right? He was elected running against a really hardcore, rah rah, flag waving war zealot. And he was elected on a platform of let's bring peace uh, to this conflict, you know, and let's negotiate with the Russians and let's make this and, work. And, and the Kremlin and, didn't and, want that. Uh, well, yeah, I'm not sure that that's as I, I think the Kremlin, the Kremlin didn't want an agreement which sort of left this kind of threat in being. But, you know, Zelensky and anyway, but 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 the case, the case that I'm making, the case that I'm making, which I feels plausible to me, yes. is that one of the reasons why Zelensky took the aggressive course that he did is basically uh because of the power of these brigades in the state and specifically not the power of them either sort of militarily or as a democratic force but just of the power of them in like an antifa style where if you have a paramilitary force that isn't repressed you know basically everybody's at risk for these wild from these wild men and i think Zelensky did feel himself to be at risk in that way do you do you i you know i could be convinced that this isn't true but it feels true to me i don't I, that's not how it's seen in ukraine there are there are some people from outside who ukraine who think that way there there were i mean there was polling on what the population wanted and the like territorial concessions were not popular like 20 percent of a, of a population wanted that so i mean there was no like pro-russian peacenik whatever you want to call it coalition that would have pushed the a jewish president to a jewish president from a russian speaking yeah yeah but i'm not Ukraine. talking about I'm, I'm not talking about popularity like you know I, i'm talking about violence i mean like i mean and, there, like, it, there was no there's no one really who wanted to i mean okay look let's i'm gonna make your case for you a little bit neither side neither the russians nor ukrainians were willing to make concessions unilaterally on minsk too let's put it that way that would be correct mm -hmm. neither side yeah. was going to give up concessions so like the russians weren't going to give up 
control of Donetsk and Lugansk and control of the border before the Ukrainians had elections under Ukrainian law in, that they were going to lose. And the Ukrainians were not going to have those elections before they got control of the border. And none of that was really written in, in sequential format into the deal. And like the deal was stillborn. The deal was basically an armistice. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I, I, you know, I get all this. I get all this. I just, you know, I feel like the, um, I think as Ukraine, as the Ukraine has become sort of a more of a Western satellite, I think these sort of old, like kind of weird ass ideologies, you know, love them as we do have been somewhat de-emphasized and it's become, you know, the Zov is more just like clearly like services army now. But you know, they're black sons are no black sons. Like, they're not Soros's army, man. Like, they're the Atlantic like, Council's. Whatever you know, yeah, like I mean, I, but, I, but I, I write articles defending them. As there, you go. Love, there, there you go. Them. There you go. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. There, there you go. There you go. Right, right. And so you know, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm conceding that the sort of Kremlin point of you know the Ukraine as this like bastion of hitler 2.0 hitler himself may be alive and well and living in kiev right you know is like bs it's nonsense uh, yeah. it is nonsense yeah. it's propaganda yeah right right but then and, the, and, the and, jewish, and the jewish fucking commander of 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 the mercenaries saying it out loud after he killed tens of thousands of ukrainians look i mean just because you're just you're, you're just because you're a Jew doesn't mean you can't be a Nazi too, right? But but the like, Thanks. I mean, uh, yeah. just because just <laughs> you're a philo semite trying to kill the Jewish president of Ukraine doesn't mean you're not a Nazi, you know? Sure, indeed, indeed, indeed. The it's, word Jews is are really very complicated. The, the, the word, the word, yeah, Jews are very well. You know, like let's just uh. let's just not let's just not stop putting the Nazi back in Ashkenazi. But you know the. Um, in any case, uh, uh, you know, my point is just, you know, I'm just agreeing with you in general that, you know, sort of the and, and let's pop back up to the top, which is that the foundational structures in the Russian state and in the Russian ideology are, are very deep. A lot of them are inherited from the Soviet Union. Um, yeah. This high yes. command really doesn't seem much good. And they seem very Soviet-minded, and Correct. Wagner seems considerably less Soviet-minded. And it has, and and, and you know, there's a sort of feeling, there's a newness to Wagner. There's a freshness there. They have like the Wagner Research Center, um, you know, where they have little, lots of little UAV, you know, startups and things. You know, uh, there's really, you know, Prigozhin feels like a piece of the 21st century in a way. Whereas basically when I look at the, you know, Russian colonel generals with stars on their shoulders, whatever, like doing this stuff, they feel like pieces of the past. And certainly, I mean, you know, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you know, shit, I'm 50. I'm a piece of the fucking past. No, but, no, you know, you would have been 20 when the Soviet Union dissolved. These I, guys know, I know, already, I know, I know. These guys were often already captains in the Russian, in the, well, in the Soviet army. I mean, like, the, yeah. we're transitioning to, we're transitioning. I, I actually once inadvertently insulted a, um, a Ukrainian general who was like, I was with my guys, I was with the other guys in the in the Soviet Army corps. I was in the Soviet Command Corps, and I was studying to be an officer in the Soviet. And I was, I thought he was like 58, 59, because he told me that he was. He turned out to be 52. I was like, so wait, so did you finish officer school in the Soviet Union like 85? And he was like. 
what, what do you what do you mean i'm 61 i'm 52 i mean you look like 80 but you know i accidentally <laughs> insulted, you know i insulted Terrible. him accidentally because he finished the officer of the soviet officer corp at 22 right when it was collapsing and he was with all these russian officers and he knew he would have to fight them in 30 years and i was like so you must mm -hmm. be 60 and i accidentally insulted him but you know i mean he didn't look he didn't look like yeah. a fresh chicken you know whatever you know? Yeah. No, no, no. And, and this is sort of true of all of like Putin's regime. It's sort of like aspects of Putin's regime certainly represent, you know, what I think is right for the Russian world and the Russian people. And aspects of it are like, you know, sort of bad Soviet stuff that, you know, Stalin probably wouldn't appreciate either. And, and and and, you know, you have it's very sort of oligarchical in not just in the sort of figurative sense of these rich oligarchs. Right. But in the sense of, you know, even the, how do you say it, the Siloviki, you know, yes. even that group that is a Russian deep state. And by definition, that is an oligarchy. It has no single leader. Right. A, mili a military, a military. Oligarchy. Yeah. A, a military oligarchy, not unheard of in human history. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like, I mean, the sort of lenience, I mean, has Prigozhin been apprehended yet? Has he been, do, do we know that what the status That's of this individual is? That's fascinating. So the deal was that he gets banished to Belarus. That was the deal. Oh. The deal was that all the guys who went off, all the centurions who went off against Caesar get amnestied and they get flushed out of the system. All the ones who didn't go off against Caesar, they get a chance to sign a contract and join the regular Russian army of all the Russian army hates them and they hate the Russian army. I don't know how they're going to assimilate them units, entire units. Who what, hate the Russian what, army. what, what, per, and, and then the people who went on the March for justice, uh, what happens to them? They, they get kicked out of the service. They don't want to go fight again. Uh, I, uh, it's get... really interesting. I really don't know what, ha I really don't know what happens. Uh, obviously they got, they all got arms an armistice which makes the Russian state look hella weak. It just looks really stupid no. and really brutal and weak and incapable of putting down an, ar an armed uprising, I mean, which they should have. Think back to the Pugachev well, I mean, rebellion, for instance. How did they mm -hmm. deal with Pugachev afterwards? They put yeah. the guy yeah, in the not, not by sending not by sending him to Belarus. I know that That's much right. about Russian history. Right. And so, you know, yeah, I mean, and, and it's sort of like constant with the... I've always said this about Putin. I, you know, I've always said that one of the, the biggest problems of Putin is that it's sort of he's is his weakness because he basically he relies on these kind of structures of strength, the, the security services, certain, you know, a certain set of oligarchs. But the thing is, that means his power comes. It doesn't come to him like from Russian history and the Russian people. He's not a czar. And so he's kind of presiding over this network that he can't do too much to offend and so you know he realized that he has an to, arbiter you know, yes he's an arbiter yeah i mean and the, he what, let wagner this whole is thing, gonna yeah he, sorry yeah. to interrupt he let this whole thing get out of hand this is totally his own fault yeah. i mean he he diluted the strengths what they call monopoly on violence the monopoly on violence why why don't we use the words monopoly on violence enough he diluted the monopoly on violence he created a bunch of private armies his own praetorian guard the Kadyrovites, a bunch of private PMCs, each oligarch and each large corporation has a, a private company. Gazprom have their own private company. Uh, Wagner, the the Udar guys. There are a lot of little ones 
uh, little little versions of this. Yeah, I mean, weak. this is yeah. all this is all you know. This is all weak, sort of consistent with the structure. It's a weak yeah. state, right? You yeah. know, and and the and 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 of course, you know, my like prescription. I mean, I just I don't. You know, there's something, of course, very predatory at the international level of the U.S. foreign policy that's like, oh, here's a weak state. Let's, you know, you know, sink our muzzles into its vitals and like eat its blood. Right. You know, which is pretty much what they did after the fall of the Soviet Union. And, you know, when I see a weak state as a kind of friend of humanity, I'm just like, how can this poor state, which is in such a state of weakness, strengthen itself? How can we build, you know, kind of the tradition of classical international law is that nations regard themselves as neighbors and like, what can I do for my neighbor? Right. You know, tear down my neighbor also. and steal his car. Uh, yeah. But the like, stronger, the, kind of the stronger, and, like vicious, the stronger, new but farm, yeah, no? the, but the stronger, the stronger, you know, the, the power vertical gets, the less evil it has to be. And, you know, Not that's basically, case, man. I mean, look, this, uh, obviously the Putin really regime like, is, you know, look, this, the is Putin Russo- regime, this is blatant Russophobia. Rearing uh, is that Russophobia already. is, Terrible. First, first of all, Russophobia is not something that exists. If there, there, are, as I say, that as, as, as <laughs> yeah, Russian, yeah. Now we hear, now we hear Russian the Russian, the Russo, Russian Russophobia denial. I'm a okay, guy named so, Vladislav. How could I? Yeah, do yeah, 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 yeah. Because, because um, or a Nazi. You know, I, I noticed. I noticed Vlad. Vlad. I noticed that you had yeah. at least the decency to describe yourself. Not as a Russian, but as a Russian speaker. Uh, you know, and and and. And, and I had so, a Russian passport, yeah. man. I burned my Russian passport. Like I had a Russian. Does a passport. Russian passport? You know, does it say I'm Russian? You know, I have a Russian passport, but does it say you know the old internal propuskas? What is it called? The, the, the identity yeah. pass. You yeah. know, has your um. You know, it's you're a citizen. Russia has like two words. It has one for being a citizen of a Russia. Russian or being... Ruski, or is it like yeah. ethnic Russian or Russian? So yeah, I, like yeah. Okay, well, I, I am. You would never describe yourself as Ruski. I would. Well, I'm a I'm a quarter Ruski because I have like one okay, Russian okay. grandmother who's actually yeah, more yeah. ethnically Mordvin. My Russian great yeah. my 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 aristocratic Russian grandmother, her her mom was knocked up by a Mordvin. So I'm like technically a Viking Jew from Central Asia. But uh, like it. that is that aside, like I am, I I come out of like Russian culture and I I love. Right, Russian literature and all that. I studied Russian literature and all that, uh, and I, I'm a Ukrainian. So can many, so do many Japanese people. Thank but they you. would never Describe themselves yeah. as Russians, but, <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm part of Ukrainian political nation, but like ethnically, uh-huh. I'm a Jew. The political and nation. There you go. By the yeah, way, I want yeah, to draw yeah, your yeah. guys' attention to a comment over here in the chat, which is not a super chat, but it's from King Salmonfish, who was on BTR before, so I think it's definitely yes. worth uh, stating. And by the way, sneed those super chats, everybody. So here we go. Uh, King Salmonfish says, Y'all saying this makes Putin look weak is falling for the oldest trick in the book. That is appear weak when strong. The first thing you'd learn about PSYOPs. So he and other people no. who are like replying no. to the Twitter thread no. think that this is PSYOPs. This is- Bad. This no, is this, no, is, this like is not bad. 40 chess. You know, remember, remember when all this these people thought Trump was playing 40 chess, no. 5D chess, 6D chess? No, no this is like no. the Russians barely got away with him folding and not having to massacre all of them, which they could have. They would, but like massacring them on the entrance to Moscow, killing eight to 10,000 Russian 
guys and TikTok videos and a civil war in Moscow, which they barely by the skin of their teeth avoided, uh, would have looked a lot worse. This look doesn't look great. What happened looks bad, but they barely. Do we know, got the, do we know the details of Prigozhin folding? Like, what was the last the last three hours of the march for justice? Yeah, this like? is uh, this is very interesting. Like, we're gonna find out in in, the, in due time. But it, it's it's obvious that as soon as he figured out that uh, Putin was not going to go quietly. I mean, this was like he wasn't trying to take over the Russian state, which is ridiculous. He was trying to destroy his enemies in the defense ministry. And he thought if he marches or makes a point of looking like he marches, he can get rid of Shoigun Gerasimov and get his guys to take over the defense ministry and get like a formal position as like the hetman head of warlord head of the Russian defense ministry. But he overplayed his hand. And once the Russian state was like, okay, this is like too much. Now we have to destroy you. He started how many of the security elites and the intelligence service elites and the money oligarchs were going to be behind him. And when he figured out that percent of them were tacitly or quietly on the side of the Russian state and 20% weren't making statements that he was outgunned and that Russian army units were not coming to his side, that there wasn't a cascade of, of defections to his side. It was obvious that he had one or two battalions on the highway into Moscow and that they were trying to storm a city of like seven or like 20 million with 8,000, 10,000 guys. They would never even get to the inner circle of the defenses. It was time to take a deal. And he was trying to like, he was trying to find a, a nice de-escalation deal, which he was ultimately given, even though the, the Russian state looks bad. And it, it was never going to get to the him trying to take the Kremlin. That was ridiculous. They were going to blow them up on the highway on the way in. Right. Do you think that? Yeah, sure. Because that would look no bad. He has no air power. It will look very bad. Uh, do you think the deal? Do you think the deal will change? Yeah, in, of course. This is no I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like the I mean, uh, 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 Kremlin would be stupid not to kill him as quickly as possible. I don't know. And I've had conversations with people. What does he have that keeps him from being murdered? Uh, what is? I mean, like if he's allowed to just go quietly into retirement, why doesn't another general or Kadyrov do that next weekend? You know. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it wouldn't presumably would still have a lower chance of working than what, you know, what just happened because you always yeah, sort of yeah. create immunities with, you know, with, the a, best with, a, position with a coup also, attempt. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, 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 you know, there's still, you know, he's hanging out in Belarus. He has a cell phone. You know, are they going to put him in house arrest or then I cut off his communications? You know, those are great questions, man. We do not have yeah. any answers to those questions as of press time. And by the way, neither he nor Putin, nor the defense minister, nor the chief of a general army, nobody except Peskov has given a presser after this. Nobody has said anything. It's amazing. And the population is like, what just happened here? Nobody knows what's happening. Not not like even the criminologists like, think we know more. But what, what does the Russian population have to think about all this? Sure. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, the thing is, it clearly, you know, it can't it's something like this can't be denied that it happened right and you know i think that ultimately the effect you know of bringing attention to you know the like general incompetence of the russian general staff or at least it's it's like leading groups will lead i mean you know it's just like uh, obviously shogun Gerasimov did not do a great job at the start of the war uh it was fairly inexcusable of them you know to like basically like fail to fortify 
all of that, all of the front line, and this. Well, Sho- like, Shoigu didn't even have any military experience to begin with. He's like a human paperweight, which is again like why somebody like Putin he wanted to surround himself with losers because that way he ends up looking like a winner. He's a bureaucrat. I, he- Yeah, he's a bureaucrat. And, you know, like, I mean, the reason why leaders like Putin are surrounded by bureaucrats is like, but, you know, it's just that Putin worries. I think Putin, unlike, you know, my ideal, you know, dictator, spends a lot of time worrying about the the strength of his regime and his support base. And, And, you know, the thing is, those it's those worries that basically make him kind of weak and incompetent i mean yeah even i mean you know stalin of course is much stronger than that but stalin has to make his own strength in a way he doesn't have the strength of you know you know uh nicholas the first you know and 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 he doesn't have that strength of legitimacy and actually you know there's sort of you have with a dictator like putin you have two forms of very powerful illegitimacy that are making him weaker. One is that we live in the international order of 1945 and 1989, and any state which is not in compliance with the wishes of the State Department and the Atlantic Council and et cetera, et cetera, any such state is inherently illegitimate in a way. And one of the things we see basically, for example, in the sort of transformation of the real you know, classical international law of, of, of uh, Gordius and Vattel into the degenerate pseudo-international law of the 20th century is we see diplomatic recognition, which had been formerly basically um, a recognition of a real state of affairs. You recognized a government that was a real government. It was fact-based to basically diplomatic recognition, meaning this country sucks our dick. And the, like... We had Soviet, the Soviets got, uh, I think it was 1927-28, 11 years after the re- revolution, they got diplomatic uh, acknowledgement. Oh, yeah, the, sure. The but the thing is, I mean, oh, my God, the story, the, you know, no, the Soviets got diplomatic recognition in, in 33 yes, when thank a you, fellow sir. progressive yes. administration was elected in the U.S., but it was that late. It wasn't that late because it was the, late the reason 20s. it does, the reason it doesn't, it seems like the late 20s is that even before recognition, there's this huge fucking rush of like, you know, incredibly unprincipled American wealth into doing business with these criminal Bolsheviks, you know. And so, you know, sure. uh, do you know about Avril Harriman and his activities? Yeah, of course. In, of course. Yeah, the, 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 I've, um, I've given the, talks the, at the Harriman Institute. <laughs> got it. Got it. So, you know, you know all about, the, you know all about the manganese well, concession like, in Georgia. Uh, you know, Look, I grew up. Yeah. I grew up. Can I tell you, as a, uh, like as a my mom was like a totally Soviet person. Like I grew up right. with these stories of of like, and then they came in, they bought all of our impressionists, and they took them to Chicago, and like they took them to Philadelphia, <laughs> to Chicago. You know, my mom, my mom, my mom used to say this as a kid. You know, yeah. and all these capitalists they came in, and Stalin stole them the crown jewels of our art collection, and all the. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to mention, you know, like (laughs) massive development projects like, uh, you know, um, like like dams, like, you know, there was just uh, I mean, the level to which America was collaborating with these fucks in the 20s was astonishing. But the thing is, you know, again, it's like that, you know, the Soviet Union 
and and you can see this clearly in the Soviet treatment of foreign dignitaries for which they always reserved their best caviar for the American and British journalists and so forth. Right. The Soviet Union derived a large quantity of legitimacy from its international position, which yes, meant that true. it derived legitimacy. Even though it was it a derived, terrorist state, man. Even though it was like the yeah, easy, it really yeah, was yeah, kind yeah. of an evil. And it derived, yes, it derived yes. legitimacy from its support from the kind of, you know, the grandparents of the current Atlantic Council. Hitler could expect no such legitimacy. And so a large part of the problem with Hitler is that Hitler is really you've already entered a world where the international order is starting to be born and Hitler is profoundly illegitimate, even though his government is recognized today, the U S might not never have recognized the legitimacy of, of the microphone. Right. And they would say, Oh no, he's not the real, you know, you know, uh, Fuhrer of Germany at all. The real president of Germany is Juan Guido, right? You know, <laughs> and so well, I mean, they, like, like, uh, actually, Guido, no, is, Guido, is, Guido is the new the new commander of, of Wagner, actually. But right, I realize it's not pronounced Guido, that but is, I want to pronounce it Guido. Is, I mean, like you know, it's kind and, of and that is the funny. comedy. That is the comedy to which, you know, the sort of the, the, the Juan Guido affair is, is the comedy to which basically this doctrine of, of diplomatic work, you know, mission has descended today. I mean, I was just reading this book called The Internationalists, which came out fairly recently, um, which actually does something remarkable, which is it actually tells the story of the transition from real international law, which is the old bad order to right. this you know, girl journalist who's probably 17 or whatever, uh, you know, to the new world order of, right. you know, um, um, you know, uh, global leadership or whatever, um, you know, which is definitely not the same thing as world domination. And, you know, the thing is that the international lawyers of the old world would have simply right. recognized this, recognized gay, the global American empire as an empire. And they would have been like, oh, this is exactly like Athens and the Delian League or like, you know, the Warsaw Pact or any of these other unequal structures that purport to be alliances. And so like when you look at, you know, Russia and even China, they still at least originate in this order. They're still distant cousins. The Chinese government has more legitimacy than Hitler ever had because Xi Jinping, yes. although he's very un-American in many ways, comes out of the Maoist tradition in China, which is basically an exported American product. And the, like... Okay, I mean, I, I'm not going to unpack that. I'm not going to unpack all right, that. All right, all right, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> but, 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 you know, the thing is, you, you may know it in the Russian context. Yeah. In the Russian yeah. context, in the context of Russian history... And the Russian and Russian intellectuals, there's a spectrum of of from Easternizers to Westernizers, from yes. you know Kropotkin to Pobyedinosev, yeah, yeah, sure. right? You know, yeah, yeah. there's no question what side Lenin is on in that spectrum, right? right? You know, and and right. you know that's why uh, he's hanging out in you know uh, Geneva, not in uh, not in Siberia, you know. Uh, you know, Correct. I guess he's in Siberia. Yeah, right. And so he was so, in Siberia you know, for a while, but yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, not, yeah, he that, was. The, but that's the, the point is the statement I'm not against. Yeah, that's right. That's correct. right. So and so going. and so the point is that basically, you know, the USSR from 1917 to 1989 derived a large quantity 
of its legitimacy from American shit libs. And this is yeah, why, I, for example, okay, the word, the word the progressive 70s, is yes, used until the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even through the 70s. And so we have we have. Yeah, but we have even that's even in the 70s, we it was discovered at the time when no one cared that Teddy Kennedy is basically strategizing about like the 1976 presidential election with the KGB. And I mean, and and. You're yeah, not are you, wrong are you, for the first. Yeah, look, I I don't know the details of that, but the, you're not wrong about yeah, the two thirds, the first two thirds of Russia, Soviet history in the last third. Sure, no, no, this was this was very reliably reported on, on pedantic grounds. I would contest the last third of Soviet history being that, but the first two thirds, you're not wrong. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I think I'll, that you know, yes, after, after 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 you know the Cold War, there's certainly there's kind of a breach there, and it becomes sort of like. American progressivism and Soviet progressivism kind of take take different turns and they start yes. contending. But it's never like the relationship with Hitler. With Hitler, there's no relationship. You know, the relationship between the U.S. and the USSR, you know, it can be hostile at times. But it's like, you know, when they have a bad the USSR is sort of like when it's like doing bad stuff, you know, even in World War Two. You know, when on on the Doolittle raid, when the Americas sent bombers to bomb in Tokyo, it was kind of like Japan's 9-11 in a way. And yeah. these bombers had to um, sorry, but uh, these bombers had to land in, in Siberia and then Stalin interns them. He basically imprisons their crews. Right. And so, you know, there's a lot of FU stuff, you know, um, yes. Lenin is constantly giving Woodrow Wilson the finger. You know, and and the like, but the relationship is sort of like you're a parent and you're like, you know, 17 year old son is like using heroin and like stealing money from your wife's purse and doing bad stuff. OK, bad. It's all admit we, we admit it's bad. But you know what? He's still your son. It's not like a stranger broke into your house and like stole money out of your, out of your wife's purse. And that's sort of the relationship yeah. that American liberals had with the Soviet Union. Well, they're coming yeah, around. Okay. Oh, yeah, fine. They're yeah, a little fine, rough. Fine. They're a little tough. All right. And and so the thing is, I'm not contesting things... any of that. But where, like, where okay. are you going? In okay. Terms of let's, go to, yeah. let's go to let's go to let's go to let's go to Putin. So the thing is, basically, there's still some historical legitimacy connections that give. Putin's regime some legitimacy. It has these like really stale relationships with like bullshit tankies around the world. Like Lula is still much more sympathetic to Putin than his like you know advisors. That's third third worldism, man. That's 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 third worldism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the remnants of third worldism. Yeah, that's his uh, yeah, reputation yeah, outside yeah. the country. Right. It's not internal. And so, legitimacy. and so, yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it's, it's not sustaining legitimacy. And so, Putin has basically, as I said, two illegitimacy problems. He's illegitimate in the international order because you know he's he doesn't he doesn't take Washington's. Never mind. I, I was no, but he's a dictator. One, he's a dictator, man. He. He yeah, invades, he's a dictator. He invades other countries, he invades other countries right? You know, and, and and like he invaded Moldova. And, and, come on, man. He those are those are those are those are those okay, are parts Moldova's, of Russia. They're not Moldova, other. Moldova's not, not other a real countries. country. Fine. Okay, Moldova's yeah, not yeah, a real yeah, country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ukraine and Georgia are real countries. Fine. Ukraine no, and Georgia are parts real of Russia. I grew up with them as parts of Russia. Okay, they have slightly different languages. Make them so, man. You know, you know, and 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 you know, this is the international order, like basically saying, you know, these like core parts of the Russian Empire 
right? Or like, you know, this is like Stalin wanting 19 votes in the General Assembly because everyone thought the General Assembly would be a world government, you know? And then earlier in, in Soviet history, of course, they have this, um, you know, diversity is a big thing in the 20s yeah. in the Soviet Union, you know, yes. the Soviet of nationalities, right? You know, and so it's all crap, right? I, I just, I can't, you know, uh, fault them for tearing up crap. This is just part of Russia, but the, the, and certainly none of our business. Some not, I mean, oh my God, I live in a different continent. Like, can you grasp I that? Don't totally different I continent. don't agree with you. Total, I, I recognize that. I recognize that. I reckon, I don't expect sir, you to, I don't my agree point is, you. my, my point is, my point is the point that we agree on yes. is the illegitimacy of Putin because he's basically yes, failed sure. to earn the respect of the international community. Would you agree that he has failed to earn the respect of the international community? Well, that's I think not, he's failed to learn earn yes. the respect of the international yeah, I community. I do. And, and, yes, and, and, and also he hasn't had free and fair elections very recently. And he's and, gotten rid of, yes, gotten rid of the opposition and, and, you know. Got, no, I mean, got there's no some, opposition, right? You know, I mean, which I guess is the point of getting rid of it, right? But, but the, right. um, yes. you know, Navalny, you know, spare me, right? You know, like he's the Guido, he's right? We should, we should get this, we should get this, you know. Who is the Russian Guido? Let us find the Russian Guido, right? No, you know? Navalny is <laughs> much more of a, of a, real character than than Guido was the head of the like their assembly or whatever right I, you know, know he was know. a real figure he was a real figure and then he became a a, a pawn and you know the same thing has happened oh, hold on a second Navalny. i do i do want to rewind to what kurt has just said right now Please. as far as why should i care if russia acquires this country and that country let's actually play it out in the long term because what I at least notice is that throughout history, there are gaps of power, and those gaps of power are quickly filled by whichever country takes the initiative. Like in Africa, sure. for example, China's taking the initiative there. And my question to Vlad is, if we take morality out of the equation, just say, you know what, America wants everything that's just going to be good for America, screw whatever happens to the other countries, at what point would something like Russia encroaching upon one country and then another start to bite America in the ass as far as problems with the regular American citizen going about their life? That's a good question. Okay, look. It's a good, uh, I, I mean, I, and I think the key, yeah, it's a good question. And I think the core, I, I, I think really, you know, the core, if you look at, I, I think it's fair to expect a country to uh, have, you know, especially an important, a great power such as America basically needs to be surrounded by loyal and subservient minor regimes in its periphery, peripheral states. And so I think that the relationship between the U.S. and Canada and the U.S. and Mexico those would be my red lines. And so I think if, if Putin made like a really strong move, I would I, I think America is justified, you know, under classical international law. Let's say like there's kind of a relationship develops between Russia and Canada, Russia and Mexico. And, you know, we're finding like Russian military bases you know, being built in like Tijuana, right. you know, uh, you know, the port of Vancouver is being upgraded. You know, there's talk of Canada joining the Warsaw Pact, uh, you know, uh, you know, this, this sort of stuff, you know, Canada rearms itself very aggressively but Poland with Russian and hardware, fine. Uh, with, with Russian yeah, hardware, the, whole, the Mexican on. army is like, you know, and, and so, you know, in this situation where, you know, an expansion is Putin, like starts to become a serious, I mean, those are tripwires. 
those countries, they are real countries. Are yes. I think it's, you know, they're, they're tripwires. And the thing is, when Putin, I think, you know, if I but were... Ukraine all George I'm not, is also I'm not a, a real country, man. George is also a real yes, country. Yes, it's very so is Canada. And and the thing is, uh, you know, if my message to President Putin, if I were elected, I was, I'm not running in 2024. I'm not advising anyone who's running. I won't be president. But you know, if I was somehow in I, that position would, of making these statements for you, man, I would almost. Um, um, I almost. Um, um, I would make the statement. I would, I would say strongly and clearly to President Putin. Hands off Canada. Hands off Mexico. We find you interfering with Canada, Mexico, and even, you know, like, like, you know, Guatemala, right? You know, you know, we'll fine, we'll throw in Guatemala, right? You know, also Russian forces, um, you know, should be all Greenland should be off limits, should, should be demilitarized, like the Black Sea. Like, you know, like we don't, you know, we will not abide. You know, if you take Denmark, that's fine, but but we need a special status for Greenland. This does not seem like a good deal. part of the American this continent. This is not. Right, you know. Any revisionist and, 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 power you know, and, and moreover, 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 okay. You yes. Know, okay, okay. This is, I mean, you can say that this is a little weak because America is the core of yes. the Anglosphere. Okay, so we could extend this periphery, this defensive skirt, a little even across the Atlantic and we would say Ireland Mr. Putin Mr. Putin your T80s have to stop at the channel right any amphibious activity any intrusion into British airspace you know this is a red line for us okay London you can't have London will continue to be a diverse vibrant international city um and and you know Americans will be able to go right see the for, queen you know right for Russian, but the thing is Russian money laundering yeah exactly you need it we need it it's good right, right. you know but as, as far as Paris you know first of all are you aware of the origins of, do you know the origins of the word bistro I do of course Russian yes 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 I do know, which yes. leads you to an ask, ask, ask an interesting question though which, which is, is that? um which is what sir why are there Russian soldiers in Paris why aren't there did they walk there uh yes I know perfectly well why there were Russian soldiers in Paris why are and, there and... no Russian soldiers in Paris now because uh, of, well, because... no, I mean that's that's a further question that I wanted to get to because the thing is, right. I don't know. Have you been to Paris? That, you know, do you know like you know Paris? Maybe you're 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 posting from Paris. Uh, I, you know, I'm in, Par I'm in Paris right now. Do you, I'm do you take in the do you take do you take the uh, in the Marais? That's good. Do you take the the RER? Do you spend much time yes. in Saint Denis? I try in not to. Yes, I try not to. But I you have try yes. not to. Why do you try not to? It's the it's the resting place of thirty French kings. It's I've the, been. You know, I've been. I've, I visited the. You've been. You've been in daytime. Yes. In daytime yes. or not? Did only you let the sunset on you? You did no, not let the sunset on you in Saint Denis. Uh, my wife studied in Saint Denis in Paris-Witten University, and I would used to visit her at her classes there. So I, I've been up to Saint Denis quite a lot. And I just came; I uh -huh. just had an exhibition Romanville today. I just got back from mm -hmm. Romanville. I get mm -hmm. out there. I, you know, I'm with the Pope a lot right. often. And and you know, the point that I'm saying, you know, yes. like like uh, the point that I'm making here is that, you know. Uh, Often, when you imagine Russian soldiers, the Wagner Group, perhaps, in, in fact, yes. in, in in Paris, like maybe they could, um, maybe the deal could be that these these mercenaries could just operate in Africa, like or you know, at least 
you know, in, in, in the rest of Europe. But let's suppose Wagner makes it to Paris. Okay. You know, now obviously that would be bad for me personally. That would be like, that would be, uh, that's possible. You might have to leave, but for Paris itself, the thing is, I think there's a lot of good that could be done there. And I think that there's actually a lot of ways uh, that the Wagner group can make itself yeah. quite popular with the Parisians. And, the ladies, and you know, furthermore, the ladies. furthermore, 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 um, you know, I um, here's a question. Vlad. Are there any parts of St. Petersburg that you'd be uncomfortable walking around at any time of day or night? My uh, my uncle owns an apartment there, and it's like it's nice. No, and yeah. what's there? What's the problem that very in nice. that part? I, no, no, I no. Oh, I no, but go. is there any? I is there any there part anymore. of it? Of course, but you can't go there. But if you were like a normal person, let's say I went there, is there any part of Saint Petersburg where you'd be like, oh, wait, you know, don't go there? Yeah, like the outskirts there. of the outskirts of lots of large Russian cities are full of neighborhoods full of uh, undesirable lower class types low, they're low undesirable movies. lower class types but it's not like wandering into the bonlu b23 either right i mean, well, I mean like i don't you know. there's but look, they, look okay here's the thing the french uh obviously screwed up assimilating their post-colonials who we brought in that's one way uh, to look at quick, it yes too quickly in two large waves and put into housing projects altogether and uh did not frenchify yes clearly they, they probably brought in too many of the wrong kinds of immigrants too quickly and put them all together and did not do anything to, to make them French. That's possibly, that's not a very liberal thing to say. Uh, no, but I we're, we're forgetting no, another I thing can, about I Russia, think, I think of, you know, Russia Russia's, has the same problem. Russia yeah, has Russia's these, got you know, open borders. Russia has all the people from got, the stands. Well, that's the no, I mean, the, the Cossacks yes, are yeah, like yes. the Mexicans of Moscow, right? You know, it's, what is this uh, word? You have a word of meaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah, going yeah, meaning... to say that. I'm not going to say black asses in Russian for you. I know you're Only not gonna... English, right? <laughs> Let's not be racist. No, I mean, I don't, I don't want. I don't want. Isn't that this existing... called the break the rules, break the something podcast? But uh, you know, no, no. the uh, uh... break the yeah. As a fellow Uzbek here, as a fellow Uzbek, you kind of look like an Uzbek. But you know, the the you kind of look like an Uzbek. But uh, it's just the Jew. But you know, the the uh, um, but there's something dark there. Uh, you know, obviously I have it too, but but less. But but the yeah, I mean. Well, there, there's so, another important you know, thing, though. I just this wanna... is my yeah. ideal okay. Russia. This is not. Okay. This is not the Russia. You know, this is Being maybe racist. the Russia. Remember it's that guy. It really reforms Russia. Re the well, remember the guy. Racial. Remember the. What what about what about you know we, we didn't even talk about the the the, the Belgorod you know incursion uh, yeah, and what we was were, his we name were, what what was his name what the Belgorod but I, I again I, I let's push back let's unpack I think okay okay my do... point is the Russia could do a lot of good for Europe. Russia Russia has a 20% minority, which is Muslim. Russia has swaths mm -hmm. of the population living in the big cities, which are Muslim. And uh, Russia uh, Russia is actually full of racism. Uh, and in some mm -hmm. ways, if, if that larger percentage of the capital of America was Muslim minorities from very poor countries, uh, which used to be part of uh, an imperial periphery, would it be more or less friendly? Probably, I don't know, less. 
I, uh, yeah, I, I the friendliness isn't my concern. I just want it like Paris. No, but, there, but like there was Paris another aspect again. here which you like guys may be ignoring, which is that yes. the police in Russia they don't do anything about what the uh, Chechens end up getting away with as far as uh, their relations with Russian women in the streets go. There's not really somewhere mm. that you could turn to there as far as having actual kinds of justice unless you have the money to buy justice. So that is something that I see as being really bad. We can look at what's going on in New Transistria in Moldova. Even that uh, KGB guy, the guy who uh, downed the uh, airliner you know, in uh, Ukraine, even he admitted that now that part of Moldova is a complete shithole. So whatever Russia touches, have you been to Mold have you been to Moldova recently? I have, I have not, not been to Moldova. No. I believe it is a complete shithole. I would uh, take you, know, you to Moldova. And... The uh, outside of Kishinev, it's actually very nice. It's full of. Mm, uh, well, we're talking about that, the Transnistria. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, trans yeah. oh, oh Transnistria. Trans yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Transnistria, yeah. you would love. You would love Transnistria. Why would I love Transnistria? Uh, I mean, you're, I... you're a history buff, and it's stuck in 1973, sure. and it's. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I get it, but I'm not saying you're not, not telling me this war. If it, by, if you're not telling me it's not a shithole. It is a total shithole. I spent time okay, there. Okay, okay. Uh, but by the way, I would love to take you to Transistor on the off chance that Transistor is not destroyed by the Romanian and the Ukrainian army in a pincer maneuver after all this is over within the next year. I will take Seems you personally to to uh, to Moldova and to Transistor, and you and I will enjoy ourselves. And there was one more I thing, by the that. way, that, that you guys are forgetting. Well, I don't think Vlad is forgetting, but something to keep in mind is that back then, Russia was run by cousins of the European royal families. It sure. was not the same as it was right now. So oh, yeah, then, no, no, no. About, like, the Russians being in Paris, it might as well be the British being in Paris. Yes. Well, but I mean, but they it's true. They They probably spelled worse, but they had like plumed helmets and, you know, like... Like they had, they had the traditions. Spoke French. They spoke French, exactly, yes. exactly. Right. French was the French was the intellectual language of Russia at that time, and you know the sort of the the tragic fate of Russia in in the 20th century is really sort of you know symbolized by this move from a noble aristocratic class whose influences are French and German to an intellectual elite whose influences are you know more anglo-american and you know also french I but mean, more you're, you're awfully close to be you're awfully close to being one of these one of these russian intellectuals now who starts screaming at me over dinner and then a pack of jews killed our czar uh like you know you're awfully close to that i mean well yeah, they were aesthetically i mean better uh, <laughs> yeah, aesthetically they were better, yes I mean, I mean who, who was it exactly? Uh, uh, I'm yeah, an athlete I mean... amongst all else. Before everything else, I'm an athlete. It's true that the that the that the Russian imperial aristocracy were aesthetically much superior to the Bolshevik intelligentsia yes. and ruling classes. This is absolutely the case. Yes, there's nothing yes. to argue. And, and so, and so, in a way, like when I imagine, you know, Russian troops in Paris, it's such an unrealistic, you know, imagination that I want to imagine like the best you know of russia in paris you know yeah, it's, it's going to be like, like it's more it's going to be more like bucha i have to tell you it'll be more like killing <laughs> yeah killing 10 well, of the that was, that was, that all was the not girls. exactly the best Steel. of the russian the russian army but uh yeah, the, the more army man that is the yeah. russian army think of world war ii think of the amount of uh rapes that were going yeah, on I mean, there oh my god uh, but it's such a different time it's such a different like well, I, I, I wouldn't I mean, say they're in a different time i'd say well, most russians are in exactly that same time in terms of mentality right. 
That's right. Uh, Rush- closer, sure, but not. No, my God, you can't compare anyone. Dude, a, a Russian occupation. A Russian occupation of northern France would be like Bucha writ large with all the girls raped all the men killed and all the old women only if they resisted i mean like no i mean you know like i don't i don't you know i just i just don't see i didn't mean it the way you thought but the 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 uh what i meant for the what record, I meant it would be a say. very, very bad thing. I, I'm, I'm laughing <laughs> because it's amusing, and it's like sitting at the bar. It is, it is, it is Gall- amusing. Gallows it is, humor. it is amusing. It is, it is, it is amusing. Uh, you know, and you know what I mean is that I actually think it's much easier to occupy, especially a you know Western European country, militarily than most people think, because I think that the tradition of physical resistance to government when you look for example at belgium in the first world war people there are all these like atrocities that people are talking about right as though the first world war germans were like nazis which they clearly weren't but you know are there sort of elements of slightly nazi-like behavior yeah but they tend to be sort of go along with the very cruel and unforgiving laws of war that pertained at that time. Moreover, those laws of war were very much triggered by the phenomenon of the franc tireur. I don't disagree with you, but if you want, if you want the masculinity and the masculine virtue and like the, the, the heroism and the great things, Ukrainians, you know, the Zelensky's, penis is the is the i now I, i'm told i can't say this on cnn i wanted to but i wanted to say that Zelensky's <laughs> penis is the is the uh shaft of the of the spear of nato the so, shaft i thought the whole thing had been sort of withered by cocaine does he do cocaine or is that a myth uh, no comment i mean like not, not i wouldn't know anything about that that was a uh, that was an election that was an election thing i mean he was in the movie he was in the sure. movie business man it was the music business. it's true the question is like <laughs> how do you like can no, but, you be yeah, an entertainer for yeah, 20 Vlad, years and not have tried cocaine Vlad, I wouldn't Vlad, trust him uh, if he hadn't. I'm an entertainer, and I have never done cocaine, for indeed. the record. But but I, the, I uh, think, by the way, Vlad, you bring up a very important point. But I'm not because successful. One of the things, one yes. of the cards that we end up sacrificing yes. if we decide to say, okay, Greenland and like uh, Mexico and like South America, North America, don't touch this. But Wait, like all of South can. America? No, that's too much. That's too much. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, okay, anyway, anyway, anyway. What you end up sacrificing there are the countries that ended up getting a little bit of vaccination from being occupied by the Soviet Union, who, yes. unlike a lot of our wokesters over here in the U.S., actually know what it's like to struggle against something. And right. I think it's a very shitty trade-off when you get those countries like Poland, like Ukraine, who actually can serve as a better example instead of the, uh, you know, the mentality that's going on in Europe and the United States yeah, right sure, now. Sure. Yeah, like that's, that's right. uh, that seems like pretty tragic, even yeah, but, uh, if we forget about like the creep absolutely of right. advancement. Le- Le- I don't know. I don't know correct. how. It... Lev is correct. You don't need to. You don't need just because you hate what's going on in America to be in favor of the Russian army taking over lots of places that shouldn't be taken over by the Russian army. There's all sorts of mm. Eastern Europeans who are like not decadent and are not crazy and also not the Russian army who are a good example of, of how to be civilized and not woke and not be a little bitch. Yeah. And... and they're the ones we'll end up losing while us over here are just going to be turtling up into all our rainbow colors and uh, affirmations and people all that are, while Russia just keeps so, expanding. People are so are just so naive about like the um, 
like you know when i hear like intelligent like intellectuals talking about like wokeness like it was something invented in 2012 i just like i lose hope i lose i you know i'm just like i i despair you know and and you know this sort of idea i mean and what you're repeating and vlad is especially seems you know fairly enamored of the uh the same explanation that i brought up from the uh Azov guy or whatever I, I don't know what the sourcing of this is where yeah, you know sure. you know you're like uh, hey you're fighting for Soros and he's like yeah but we're using them right you know and and I'm just like no like I don't I like I don't think that's the way it's going and when I basically look at you know for example the success of law and justice in even in in Poland even in Hungary right you know yes. you guys maybe Orban funds you know uh, you know, yeah. I basically look at that as that's a very fragile achievement and the and, and sort of he's like burrowed to some extent into the institutions. Right. Fundamentally, like Putin, he has failed to capture the elites. And, you know, the thing is, the way the elites of a country go are the way the rest of the country will go. There are no exceptions ever. Yeah, and so, okay. like, when you're Notice, basically Russian looking at these, don't like, believe in anything except stealing. They don't believe. They have no different. Virtues. No, no, no. The Russian, the Russian elites. Again, I was uh, my my guest last night at my party, who's you know, was yes. hanging out in Petersburg. The Russian elites are all like pussy riot listeners who are now down in Tbilisi or Paris. No, no, or, no. Those are not. We're, we're talking about the Russian elites. We're talking about the people who run the country. We're not talking about. No, 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 no. I mean, I, I mean, elite socially. I mean, the problem with a country like Russia is that it has this inversion of power where the it power doesn't work elite, like that in Eastern Europe, the, the, like the culture. The power the cultural, elite is not the social elite. I mean, and no, what matters is the social elite. Stop the, the culture, the culture stuff that divides a Western European country like Canada or uh, or, or Germany or France. And America from the 40 to 50, 60 percent of a population who don't live like them does not apply in Russia yet. And certainly doesn't apply in Ukraine for various post-Soviet reasons. <laughs> they're just not they're not as assimilated into uh, well, some some of them are, but they're not as assimilated into that kind of cleavage between the normal population and its normal values and no, no, liberalism. no, but it just goes, it just goes, I mean, you know, the the <coughs> The, the extent to which, like, when people give me this, you know, this Hungary shit. Did I, did I tell my Hungary joke on the show already? I feel like I must have. No. Uh, uh, so so I, lo- I love this. It's not a joke. It's a story. This actually happened. So I was at Yoram Hazoni's uh, two years ago, um, you know, NatCon, con- you know, uh, convention in orlando and it was like three in the morning and i couldn't sleep and my like girlfriend was about to dump me and um oh shit my airpods are dying um my girlfriend was about to dump me and i uh and i went downstairs at three in the morning and uh there were some guys sitting around in a smoking area and one of them was they they had these orban guys there from hungary and yeah. so it's, you know, I'm really not in a great state and it's three in the morning and this guy's talking about how Hungary is going to like save Europe and like the yes. new, the new, you know, whatever, whatever, Europe, Europe. It sounds Europe, like, it sounds like Europeans. me now, right? Yeah, I get it. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and I just look at this guy and, and in my best like deadpan, I was really almost brain dead at that moment. So that's when you do your dead, best deadpan. And I was like, Hungary. But isn't that in Asia? 
Oh my God, he almost killed me. Like it was, uh, uh, you know, and and uh, and so like when I look at Hungary, you know, what I see is something these integralists don't like to talk about, uh, which is com- Hang on a sec. Someone needs to talk to me. Ruby, what's up? Everybody subscribe right now and sneed those super chats. I know, Vlad, you got to go Sorry? in like 15 minutes. Yeah, so... yeah. Well, as long as yes, I, I promised my wife there'd be yes. dinner here. So my wife. To... Yeah, yeah. My wife. Uh, my wife. You know, um, um, yeah. So, you know, when I look at Hungary, which is clearly the like strongest of these Eastern European states you know what i see i see ireland in the 1950s i see you know the ireland of uh you know even did valera dev you know who created this you know totally integralist basically nobody these integralists and fucking east coast never talk about you know devs actually existing english-speaking integralist regime for some reason i don't know why but in any case he's created this like state which is completely resisting the modern world the modern world being at that time not being like you know transgender surgeries for six-year-olds but like blue jeans and rock and roll and you know dev isn't having any of it and um the um and 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 it's just gone it just vanishes you know because he basically doesn't have elite power on his side he doesn't have a sort of dream for the elites basically all this just like vanishes in 20 years and you get basically ireland is now the most shit-lib country one of the most shit-lib countries in the world and and like and so you know this whole idea that basically okay the elites are gonna like be listening to like you know, pussy riot and, uh, you know, getting AI guided transgender surgeries, you know, for their on in the womb, actually, they'll do the first, tra- you know, in utero sex change will be performed in this country within the next 10 years. And, and the, um, laparoscopically, it's amazing. It's amazing technology. And the, and the, you know, the idea that the, like, you know, the, pig farmers of like you know or even the lower middle middle classes are like going to resist this creeping sourcization of is just so it's such it shows such a like faith in like the like you know dying religion of democracy it's just like populism stuff it's like man the people are weak they're weak like power lies with the elites power lies with the atlantic council and so you know like the Atlantic Council. I realize that it's not a secret organization that runs it's the world. Like, it's not it's like not the Trilateral just, Council. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's just, it's, it's just a name, right? You know, but but it's just a bunch of people. It's just a bunch of people getting grants. It's just a bunch of people getting grants, right? It's a bunch of former ambassadors, man. It's a bunch of former ambassadors who have expertise on. Yeah, there's, uh, but there's different and, elites and, we're know, talking about here. So we're talking about the Russian and, elites versus the Eastern European elites of like Poland, for example, versus the American elites. Would you say, Vlad, that I, there's, there's a no, difference? Yeah, okay, that's Eastern a great European question. Let me elites. answer. What are, well, yes. First of all, you have, to, you have to distinguish. Okay, so we're talking about, uh, uh, we're going to make conversation about elites as a block. Yeah, let's say there, there are Western decadent elites, which are the same from Canada to germany to france to belgium to like to poland it's to poland uh, well, to poland, poland, 
I don't, I don't. Come sure. on, there's think... there's shit libs in Poland. There's some people yeah, who studied at American universities. There's gay but pride they're parades. They're not there's... like they're they're liberals. They're not like shit libs. Uh, in some uh, yeah, that's <laughs> like you know. There's a great scene. There's a great scene. There's a great scene in in um. Uh, a Todd Solon's movie, I forget the yes. name, where there's this kind of dim-witted character who's very clueless, and she goes through a number of clueless, uh, you know, adventures. And at one point, she's hired as a replacement worker for uh, a firm that is undergoing a labor dispute. And you know, they pay they pay very well. It's very cool. And then she walks out, and she walks into this picket line and you know these people are screaming at her and waving picket signs and they're like yelling like scab scab and she's like i'm not a scab i'm a strike breaker you know yeah. and when, so you know like i really urge you to examine yeah. these like very important no, distinctions but the only, but the only alternative that you're... and liberal progressive no, but the only alternative that you know, like, well, I'm, I'm not a progressive i'm not a progressive yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, i'm not okay, a progressive okay. either good. but it's like good, if, good, you, good, if you if you don't go for but... yeah if you I don't am go liberal, for liberalism what is that what are, like what are we talking about let lev say what you're gonna say i want to get back to what for this though Okay. What are we if talking about exactly? Okay, so if you don't go for liberalism, then the alternative, Curtis, you're proposing seems to be dictatorship and no right. other way uh, out of the situation. No, it's monarchy. It's, it's oh, okay. Monarchy. Well, monar authoritarian. Monarchy is dictatorship. I like, I like monarchy Mon because I like my friends in the House of Lords, and I would like to be mm. one of them. I just happen to have moved to the wrong countries. Well, technically, I lords are aristocracy and not monarchy, and also the House of Lords is a joke. But like, the, uh, well, I, I like it. I they have a nice dinner there. And I like it, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, I know, I know. It doesn't make it not a joke. You know, the the um um uh, one of the things, and I forget who said this in the in the late nineteenth century. Someone was like, yes. there are four bastions of reaction right. in Europe, and these are the House of Lords, right? The German general staff, right? The Vatican, yes. and the Academy Francaise. Yeah, uh, now you know good. it's good. It's you know there might be something good. left of the Economy Francaise, the Vatican, full communist. You know the House of Lords, basically like Lord Ahmed, you know, or whatever, right? You know, it's it's like embarrassing I, to hear titles like that. I was right? just on, you know, and, I was on the phone with my socialist leftist Lord friends yesterday. I was in London. Two yeah, days exactly, ago. exactly. Was, They've turned into this. To, I was turned into to, the I, MacArthur grants or something I, like. Well, it's I a, was I was there with my socialist socialist friends in the house, and I was like, "Are you going to kick out the Russian?" And they're like, well, plans are for it. You can't report on it. Like, really? Wow. There's a, there's yeah, a yeah, Russian yeah. or trying to kick out of a House of Lords. Uh, speaking of no, elites infighting, you know who I'm talking got about. It, got it, got it, got it. But back I to the elites. Back to back to the differences mm. between. Back the to the elites. elites. <laughs> yeah, Curtis, Curtis yeah. what are we what are we talking about? Like, I have no problem with gay marriage, and also I like war. I I don't have a no no. I I just I I do take exception to the laparoscopic sex changes in utero no, the sec uh, no, you know, the, the, okay the, fine the, trans the, stuff is a heuristic for psychosis right but and see but see that's the that's the thing is that basically yeah. you're just like you know you sort of feel that you can say so far but no further but when you basically step outside of this thing it appears as like one force and so yeah, when you're basically yeah well not even you know the the, the sort of the power of leftism as a whole and to basically say well i like this much leftism but not that much leftism is basically to sort of ignore the fact that you're either for this thing or against it and when you're for it 
but saying, okay, I'm for this thing, but I want to go in this direction rather than that direction. You have to honestly answer the question of, can you and people like you actually get control of this thing? And if you can't actually, you know, it's one thing to like join the SS and basically be like, I'm going to join the SS. I'm actually a Jew. I'm very pro-Jewish. I'm going to rise through the ranks of the SS and get them to be more pro-Jewish. Okay, my answer to this is this. Control this Holocaust thing, right? You know, and but sorry, go on. I'm gonna. My answer to this uh, is such: there will always, I, like, the impulse to conserve and the impulse to reform and to destroy uh, is part of human reality. Or you're always gonna have people who are leftists. And you're always gonna have people who are uh, who want to conserve things. This is, let's say, normal, right? You're always gonna. Have... I disagree with you. I disagree with you slightly, well, and really, here's why. Uh, I just well, I, okay, I okay, I'll let you, I'll you go. The... Yeah. Well, my wife's not back yet from whatever she's doing, so we'll be here for another 10 minutes. But, okay, so uh, we'll get back to the elite question, but, I mean, there are always going to be people in the world and political parties who want change, and there will always be people who are change. more interested who are more interested in conserving That's institutions. That's quite a word. You, you, you yeah, it's a bad change. change. Okay, it, change no, no. Can I, can, I, can I reframe that slightly? Please. Yeah, um, I think that the people it. who... The, first of all, the people who talk about change these days are um, are profoundly interested in conserving institutions such as the Atlantic Council and many other fine institutions. Uh, it's people like me who talk about regime change uh, who want to destroy institutions. And these yeah, people are, are the opposites of each other. Radical, right? uh, yes. And, and so, you know, it's more a question of, you know, I think it all comes down to there was an Arab... Um, an Arab philosopher, um, um, oh, um, Osama bin Laden, who said that when people I see a strong say, horse, say Kitab Said or something like that, yeah, yeah, I know, no. um, yeah, but I, he, I mean, great man, also, but 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 the the uh, Osama said that when people see a strong horse and a weak horse, by nature they follow the strong horse, and this is very, you know, this is deeply true. I just, I just think he picked way. that up in whatever, in whatever, like possibly, plan, possibly, plan. He, he, did, not he a, may not have, it may not be original, you know. Yeah, but but it's probably not original. But but I like crediting to, uh, well, you know. And well, we he's, always he's have somewhere. Not, he's well, somewhere up in heaven with Ted Kaczynski. But, yeah, but but my point, my point about leftism is that essentially, leftism is a. Um, a sort of natural consequence of the interaction between an oligarchically structured regime and the human desire for power. Because within an okay. oligarchy, leftism sort of always says, you know, it, it always has sort of an opportunity to kind of break down and destroy things. And in a very strong monarchy, leftism is, does not exist much less because it is simply not a path to power. And like well, you, you're 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 being as utopian as the identitarian. Utopian I'm absolutely you are. I'm, I'm absolutely utopian. I absolutely agree. I'm yeah, you know look, and and so not, this, this is, is this is <coughs> as a liberal you know, and as a representative of good liberals everywhere from the 1990s who don't exist. Uh, uh, healthy, you know, yeah. Well, I'm a healthy liberal. I'm a healthy Eastern European. Uh, good American New York nineties. Mm-hmm. To be a healthy liberal, just like to be a Nazi who doesn't kill any Jews. Okay, you personally are against the Holocaust, but like you know, well, you have it's to make a distinction a bit between ideologies, man. Like progressivism and liberalism are not the no, same ideology. No, well, but, well, no, absolutely like, not. 
and I absolutely you, refuse you to make that you distinction. Neg you negate uh, the you negate the, the thing. Oh, I, I think what this I, is an alchemical transformation that's going on right now because you have Curtis on one hand and you have Lot on the other hand. It's a way that we have to kind of see how they work because there are always going to be these desires that we have, like these Dionysian, fiery, wotonic desires, for example, sure. the German people experienced. And it's Correct. a question of how far do you go with that? Can you go as far as to get rid of the problems that are plaguing your land and the humiliation after World this War I? This is a time for utopias. This is that we're in a bull market for utopias, you know, and yes. I will admit I am a utopian. I'm, I'm writing basically a utopian book. I am a yeah, utopian you are, you are. and the utopian urge is the urge to basically take something that's very tired and old and dead and can't be changed. And like, doesn't even make sense except sort I, of in look, the light I, of history right, slightly, and you're to right. just, just you know, and, and, and there's a connection to Prigozhin too, because I think Prigozhin, does have that urge with the Russian state. And perhaps, sure. you know, I, even though he did not succeed and he was not going to succeed, to imagine the state that he would have created had he succeeded, you know, maybe it one of the great what-ifs here. It wouldn't have been anything nice. I'll tell you this. The, there is no political party or clan or caste that I want to be associated with in any way in the United States. Uh, the, the Natcons, the, the mainstream Republicans, the... Like the annoying New York liberals, the integralist. There, I don't want to true. hang out with any of these people. Like they're no, I, no, no, no. Except Curtis. The only, the only question, the only question is like, do they have good wine? Is there, yeah. is there good will, dry red wine? I will. If they have good dry red wine. No, you know emphasis you on the dry. You, I will hang out with them. Okay, and you know yeah, where, where is going to be the red man. wine? Very liberal. I'll, I'll drink with anybody. I'll tell you I'll guys where the red wine is. There's Where? going to be an event, a live BTR event. This is just yes. announced right now. It's mm. happening in the second week of July. Uh, Curtis, your friend Matthew, is a part of what's uh, going to be happening here. Yes. You saw him yesterday at your birthday party. So I've just gotten uh. confirmation that the second week is available. we got to pick the day, and there's going to be wine. It's going to be a lovely venue. You guys are going to have a lot of fun. This and it's going to be in New York. It's going to be in New York, and it's going to be with Jason Riza Giorgiani and Gnostic Informant. And it's going to be a hell of an event. Jesus, I've never this met that guy. This is the first time, first time, yes, you, you guys got to be on together soon as well, uh, fingers crossed. But anyway, guys, this is happening, but I need funds for equipment, so patreon.com slash break the rules, become a patron today, and you are going to help grow this, and this is also, I guess I should say, part of the whole Dime Square thing, which mm. is an area, you know, where there's people who agree more with you, Curtis, there's people who agree more with me. It's like a mixed crowd, but what I find about it is that it's I, the only... I bet there's nobody in Dime Square who agrees with me. No, no, not true. No, not, true. not true. There is not a, true. There are many not people... Not true. No, no, no. I, there was a friend, good friend, uh, I don't know, he's a West Coast Romanian monarchist, a good friend, Jewish a, hawks, a good there? friend at my party last night was like, yes. you know... I, he's like, you know, what's amazing about your events, Curtis, is that like, yeah. I feel really comfortable here and I'm like super pro Ukraine and I'm pro NATO yes. and like nobody bothers me. Nobody gives me a hard time. Uh, you know, he Unlike can say, the progressives. He can, hmm. yeah, he can say Ukraine yeah. with that, the, the, and nobody bothers him for it. Like, you know, don't and like, him. yeah, it's yeah, we don't hang him. Mm. We we're just like we we listen gently to his eccentricities, and we acknowledge that you know. I'm sure you would acknowledge Vlad. Yeah, sure, and I'm sure you'd acknowledge Vlad that there are many, many, many flaws in the Ukraine. The Ukrainian regime is far from perfect, and Save my stuff, man. 
Mm. Yeah. Oh, here, here, here's something for a sales pitch. By the way, regime, but okay, yes. If if you if you guys become mm, patrons, everything's a regime. If you guys become patrons right now, you are going to get a discount for the event. I just thought of this right now, so go become a patron right now. Patreon.com/slash/breakthe-rules, and you are going to be the VIPs for this coming event in the Shh. second week of July. Ooh. There. Speaking go. of that, Lev, should we do your super, super chats? chats? Because of yes, super yeah, chat well, time. I've, I've got five, ten minutes. Let's do the Excellent. super chats. Yes. Whew. Okay, here we go. Yeah, yes. everybody be sure to subscribe. Smash the hell out of that like button. Smash the hell out of that bell. Here we go. Super chat time. Peter Juvenal, $5. Students of ethno-narcissism should watch to see how Prigozhin's ethnic identity shifts in coming days' media narratives. Laughing smiley face. Cheers, dudes, and T.Y. Peter. Okay. I, I mean, you know, okay. Okay, uh, sure. I mean, that's like a $5 yeah. question. I don't All think right. that question really is Next, very, It's one, really right. more a of a statement. Question. More of a $1. statement than a question. And I think for five dollars, right, fifty cent. We'll let we'll let it go in question. Ten dollars. Ten dollars uh, by Shub. What's Yarvin's biggest historical what if? Oh wow! You know, this is a question that that no one uh, no one really asks me. Uh, of course, I think the world would be. Uh, totally different if franklin roosevelt had been assassinated for example there's a lot of you know what ifs don't sort of they're not as easy to imagine now because like things are less personal but there's a lot of a lot of historical moments that that depend on individuals and i mean the 20th century is just is full of those that could have gone in completely sure. insane different directions and you know what if the axis had actually been able to work together and uh they'd both invaded russia at the same time right i mean you know <laughs> pretty easy stuff uh yeah no after france uh, instead yeah. of japan um staying neutral with russia throughout the entire world war yeah Next super chat, yeah. Mason Clark four ninety nine. No comment. Thank you very much. A new okay. way forward. Who is a uh, great listener of the show and also has a great Substack. Be sure to check it out. Four ninety nine. Great discussion as always. Thanks for making these happen, Lev. Thanks, Curtis and Vlad, for interesting erudite perspectives. Great. We are going through these super chats real quick. Excellent. Glow in the dark. Ten dollars. Ukraine and Poland are being bolstered up by NATO to be a bulwark for Western Europe. If Russia disappeared, they would be villainized as toxically masculine. Only allowed so they can die for the GAE. Thoughts? Curtis. Well, I mean. Sure. I mean, already the polls and the like they, they have this, you know, there's sort of nationalism. And of course, in Ukraine as well, the kind of their nationalism has kind of been already been twisted into being a nationalism that serves the interests of the State Department. Right. This is why hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians have to die to get Victoria Newland her, uh, you know, uh, yeah. promotion or whatever and not disagree, that she can get a promotion because okay. she's already at the top so the you know and of course the poles have a historic hatred of russia it's funny if you go to the poles and tell them you know they sort of know about the volhynian massacres by the bondarovsi but they're like ah yes it happens but you know we still we hate russians so much yeah, i can't even that was, you know Curtis, and, that was settled in the 90s there was a, there was a it, it was, was actually settled it was there was it a commission was called the commission for very 
difficult problems. Actually, that's the name of the commission. <laughs> there was a, a, dip, a diplomatic commission. The that's one of the best. That's one yeah. of the best. That, 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 that's uh, a <laughs> commission for yeah. very difficult problems. Yeah, 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 All right, yeah. so that problem yeah. has been solved. So, so officially, the problem is yeah. that it happened. And they yeah, yeah. solved the problem. It was difficult yeah. to make it not have happened, but they yeah. solved yeah. the problem. I want to make sure Vlad happen. addresses the Newland thing. Uh, oh, Vlad. The Newland, uh, okay, well, uh, two things New newland was okay newland do you know do you know miss newland do you call her uh, victoria vicky uh, Tori? I've, like, I've, are been you close? A, I've been at conferences with her and I, I mean i've seen her uh -huh, around uh -huh. i mean she does come out of the neoconservative wing of things and i mean whatever i she's just I mean, a she's just a state department person who happens to be very I, competent i'm told at what she does uh she's fine i mean I like so. i yeah. uh i believe in ukrainians sovereignty as a nation and obviously uh, the toxic masculinity thing well i mean like obviously a lot of uh, western elites uh are are not allowed to have patriotism for their own country and so they're only allowed to wear ukraine wear, wave ukrainian flags that's an interesting thing that people in the west who would never wave their own country's flag and would think that is completely vulgar and well wait, 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 yeah. we can wait we can wave gay gay flags too in yeah. fact you know i i'm, I'm wondering yeah. if it would be possible you know ukraine is already it's a rainbow flag in a sense because it's two two colors and so you could add just start yes. adding more stripes gradually yeah and so just kind of turn it into the the gay yeah, grain yeah. you know add right. like eventually you have a stripe for like ukrainian leatherman for example <laughs> we have that in san francisco the leather flag uh you I, know so look, i think there's this is great a very possibilities there. interesting it's a very interesting question uh, obviously, Ukraine and Poland being free and independent is, is a good thing and democratic and liberal, blah, blah, blah. Uh, will, mm. will, uh, will like the toxic masculinity of traditional Ukrainian and Polish men be acceptable to like weenie elites in London and Portugal? Probably not. But the fact that uh, Ukraine is now kicking ass uh, and standing firm with heroic values that people in a decade in West have not seen in 80 years has made them stop in awe. So they're not able to kind of square that, that circle. Does that make sense? Let's yeah. I mean, let's see how much, how much ass they, they, you know, they're kicking after, uh, you know, 10 years of Soros estrogen in their water supply, but, but the, uh, I'm not saying Soros puts estrogen in the water supply. I'm just saying he would, if he could, but Meta the, metaf the metaphorically, metaf speaking, metaphorically yes. speaking, right. yes. And, right. and, and, and so, you know, the, like, they can't sort of be at war forever. They can't have a Spartan, you know, I mean, the U S was at war in 1945 and now look where we are. Right. You know, not as much as war as, as the Ukraine is like, you know, but, because it was it was you know yeah i mean i just don't yeah i mean any I... obstacle whoa whoa well, maybe these uh this maybe is my two... airpods dying okay well maybe these things come in waves so maybe okay. the baltics and ukraine or before we uh before i, I yes go, my... yes okay here we go okay uh we are almost done here so uh dunkachino 199 vlad what's your take on kosovo well, I don't know if we're going to have time for that. And I don't uh, know, Curtis, if you can hear us still. Me? I can't hear you. Okay, good. Okay, I'll do I'll do Kosovo very quickly. Okay. Uh, obviously, the Americans are playing fast and loose with Kosovo. I spent some time in Kosovo 10 years ago. Um, a very complex situation there. I, uh, but the Ukrainians uh, do not 
if I'm if I'm representing the Ukrainian standpoint here, the Ukrainian state does not recognize Kosovo uh, as an independent state for the reasons that Crimea and uh, Donbass should not be recognized as independent. I like uh, Kurti very much. I think he's a great character. Uh, the prime minister, uh, former prime minister of Kosovo, was a wonderful character and a kind of Albanian anarcho-Marxist strongman nationalist great great figure i like him very much and um kosovo is a huge failure of american foreign policy but they had 10 years to get all this nonsense out of the way and they were not able to do it mm. is that a good answer yes it is uh glow in the dark ten dollars dictatorship by a cast of elites versus individual dictator which is worse i know for a fact that being involved with bs talked about in public is but a show and the decision has already been made elsewhere all right i'm not sure what the ending of that is but i mean you know if you're a dictator whose support base rests you know on an oligarchy are you really a dictator at all you seem to have very limited ability to dictate in that case and i yeah. think when we look at for example the case of putin and prigozhin you know maybe there's some part of putin that actually wanted to like fire you know these fossils and replace them with the young dynamic jewish prigozhin but like i think you must have felt that he sort of couldn't afford to do that in a way it would have we you know like he yeah. has to preserve that strength and that's that's tragic the institutions mm. would not allow that. The the army wouldn't follow it. Obviously, it couldn't couldn't have been that. I mean, I mean, that's the problem with dictatorship is that it's brutal, and this is the problem with the Russian system. Yeah, that that's why you need that. That's why you need a legitimate monarchy and not a not an illegitimate dictatorship. Okay, I mean, like I like constitutional monarchies for the dress up. Mm, like, no, no. no. Just, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get into that in a later stream. But over here, glow in the yeah. dark, ten dollars. The stuff we argue about today has been planned for decades. If you look at some of the original activists, we're honest. The healthy liberals are tools. Example, trans issue decades in the making. Any thoughts, gentlemen? Curtis would agree with that. That's a complicated question. I mean, you know, no. In the making implies that you have this sort of continuous planning process. Right. Whereas you can actually, it's more like you can just, what you're looking at here isn't a plan, it's a trend. And you can see sort of the early elements of that trend, the late elements of the trend. But a trend and a plan are like different things. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, yeah, you could see the line from like Magnus Hirsch, Hirschfeld, uh, whose uh, who's books the Nazis burned because he, you know, invented this exchange to kind of the mass market get your sex change at starbucks kind of you know situation of the world today there's yeah, sort of, but it, but it's not like magnus hirschfeld is like forcing starbucks to offer like you know sex changes with your latte mm. or don't they, they don't do that yet they don't it's, it's only in a few test markets i think can we like what like just maybe one last Prigozhin coup question just to finish off on the coup which we started right before i get going I'm not seeing a Prigozhin question here, but I am seeing new for ten dollars asking, "Is this the Michelin century?" Yes. What say you? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. There we go, guys. Thank you so much for this wonderful uh, show stream. Listen, before we go, go to my Substack right now. 
I swear to God, it's worth it. Levpo.substack.com or levslens.com. That's the new address, custom domain, so Twitter does not censor it. There is an article I did about Pride Month talking about the Dionysian energy of the Founding Fathers and how a lot of these Pride flag things are completely missing that uh, kind of primal energy. But the new one that I'm doing right now is going to be about the Smuggler. And uh, for those who do not know what the Smuggler is... It is a meme that's made of this drawing that this 12-year-old kid did with horrible handwriting, by the way, of Adolf Hitler's face to this Jewish teacher, after which the Jewish teacher ended up uh, quitting the school. And I relate that to how we're all entrapped in this uh, memescape right now and how the memes have become our new gods. I talk about Carl Jung. It's very, it's a very interesting read, and I'm not just saying that. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for watching. Promotion from you guys. Vladislav Davidson, where can we find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, you can find my book uh, from Odessa with Love on, uh, on uh, uh, Amazon.com. My next book is... Uh, the birth of a political nation, Jews and Ukrainians, friends forever. Uh, it's uh, I wrote a book. You you watched that that Sam Hyde skip uh, skit Jews rock uh, yeah. several times uh, over over and over from the from from Sam Hyde's yeah. World Peace. I like I'm Curtis like the Yeah, the commission for very difficult issues. Yes, that's about right. Very commission for very difficult issues. <laughs> Yeah, I'm Curtis Yarvin. You can find I gotta plug myself. I gotta plug myself. I'm Curtis Yarvin. You can find me at graymirror.substack.com. That's gray with an A, the American way. Excellent, Bye -bye. guys. Oh, and All before right. we go, one last thing. Be sure to go to the Discord server because BTR has a Discord and I want to fill it up with the future uh, acolytes. And don't forget, live event happening second week of July in New York City. There's going to be wine, there's going to be merriment, and there's going to be Jason Reeser, Johnny, and Gnostic Informant. So look out for that. Take care.